My life is a disaster now, thanks to you. So your little bloodbending secret's out? <sighs> and I know how you bloodbent me without a full moon. You're Yakone's son. I was his son. But in order to win Republic City, I had to become someone else. My father failed because he tried to rule the city from its rotten underbelly. My plan was perfect. I was to be the city's savior. But you... You ruined everything! Tarlock, the jig is up, and you have nowhere to go. Oh, no. No, I'll escape and start a new life. And you're coming as my hostage. You'll never get away with this! Amon! <gasps> it is time for you to be equalized. Hotman. Welcome to the Ember Island Podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today we will be talking about Legend of Korra, Book 1, Chapter 9, Out of the Past. So, before we begin, uh, what about spoilers? So... This this podcast assumes that you have watched every single episode of Avatar The, the Last Airbender, but you might not be fully caught up on Korra. And as such, we are only going to spoil Korra things up to book one, chapter nine, out of the past. And, and also maybe a few things from Avatar. So... So moderate spoilers ahead. Awesome. So to recap, this is the episode where uh, while Korra is being imprisoned by Tarlock, she tries to understand her cryptic visions. Uh, and then meanwhile, Tenzin, Beifong, and the rest of the gang go to search for some equalist hostages, but their plan is based on false information. So what did you think of this episode? Uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah, um, I feel the same. Yeah, it's... it's like you come off the high of uh, when extremes meet the the previous episode. Yeah, it the stakes didn't feel super high until the very end. I agree. Yeah, like, when I like Amon showed up, which right, Leslie, maybe Amon's right. <laughs> I don't know. I went on a long drive. <laughs> and, and I was just like, um, listener, I actually went on a long drive for like four hours and I was just thinking about basically Amon seems right. I mean, um, last episode and, and, um, and, um, sorry to do a whole tangent because I don't think that we talked about this enough last episode. Okay. Um, all of, all of the non-benders live in the same area of town. Like supposedly, it's a non-bending ghetto. I mean, supposedly what? we don't we don't this? know the full extent of it. That's that's what's frustrating about it. Like we don't know really. Like, is it a ghetto or is it? I, I don't know. Or like, do all the non-benders all live in the same neighborhood? Are there multiple neighborhoods? I, I don't know. Like we don't know because they didn't I take mean, the time to do that world. world the building. fact, <laughs> but yeah, but like the fact that they were able to shut off the power 
to like even like one building and like all of the non-benders get upset but all of the benders aren't there is weird Mm -hmm. that's that's a lot and that's a choice and and i don't think that they are ever going to give me the details i need ever (laughs) in this show fair enough also, I'm very afraid that um, that um, that um, during the last episode, they are just going to be like, Amon's dead. Racism's over. So I really <laughs> hope that doesn't happen. But but yeah. uh, I'm just starting to think, uh, one, um, Amon's really cool. Um, he... He, he's a very good villain. I like really good villains. And he seems to... Like, he seems... He, he seems to have a purpose. And he seems to have will. And... And he seems to... Be... T- trying to affect change. And affect good. I... Uh, it's... It's hard to like him, but it's hard not to like him, too, just because we're not given enough detail. And I just kept on thinking about that while I was driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really tricky, I think. And yeah, it, it's, it's definitely really tricky. Uh, I can say I, I like I, I do. I do like him on right now. <laughs> to my recollection, yeah, I, uh, I, I still think he's a menacing villain. I just, yeah, I, as we've been saying over and over again, I just wish that there are some uh, nuance, yeah, some detail, or just more world building regarding the plight of non-benders and stuff specifically. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, but uh, on this episode proper, I, uh, yeah, this was this episode's just fine. It's definitely a down from the last episode oh yeah absolutely yeah i like parts of it though i uh i have i like the ending i like oh yeah the ending the ending's great um i i like it when lynn's there just lynn doing things i Mm -hmm. am really here for it lynn's cool Um, yeah uh yeah so want to just jump in yes okay so, uh, this episode opens up with Korra basically continuing where we left off in the last episode with Korra being kidnapped by Tarlock and, like, taken to some remote place up in the mountains and is, like, being blood-bended into this non-bendable box. So, Tenzin, or Tenzin, Tarlock planned this, right? Like, he definitely planned Oh, 100%. It. So, this I mean- is premeditated. Premeditated. Or he just has a platinum box in his basement <laughs> in for middle, other people. In the middle of a basement. <laughs> I mean, he definitely planned having that box. Right. And he, he definitely just, planned using that box on someone. Yeah. Right. And he just happened to have a cabin up in the uh, the snowy mountains. <laughs> yeah, no. he's No, he is a creep. Also, um, Barbara called that that like the other evil bloodbender was his dad but that's kind of obvious yeah i think that was pretty clear at this yeah. point but yeah. yeah that didn't make me feel good like 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 the other things i i guessed it was just that was uh, that 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 was a good plot progression mm-hmm. 
and um, some, I, uh, sorry to cut you off, but something that bothered me is um, in the original Korra, or in the original Avatar, um, could bloodbending make people float? <laughs> I guess when you're that good, maybe because maybe people float. <laughs> Because that's a lot, right? Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> that doesn't look... That didn't happen before! No. I mean, I don't know how it would work physics-wise, but sure. I mean, that's lifting it... up all the water in your cells so Ooh. you're just a big bruise? God. Maybe. Yeah, they, they do kudos to this show. They really make bloodbending look like it hurts <laughs> like really yeah. bad. like yikes like you thought the contortion puppeting puppeteering in the first show was bad like it looks really bad here <laughs> like it does not look like a fun experience no um yeah so to, i want to i want to keep tar, i want to keep calling tarlock tenzin so much and i keep doing it because it's so, t's yeah too many t's so uh, tarlock slams Cora into a platinum box, I guess. Yep. And uh, yeah, so not looking good for Cora right now. And then meanwhile, we cut to Tenzin and his wife who are sleeping with my with Milo in the middle, which is adorable. Oh, poor them. Uh, poor parents. You know he's in there every night. <laughs> uh, taking up the entire uh, bed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm guessing the the time frame when Pama and Tenzin conceived uh, their latest upcoming edition was like the one night where Milo wasn't sleeping with them for some reason. Oh, <laughs> so dear. Yeah. No, oh. they just like ran off in, the, they like ran off in the middle of the day <laughs> behind the <laughs> <Yeah>. house. Uh. <laughs> they don't have romance anymore. They have children. No. Yeah. <laughs> particularly Milo. Also, the writers hate Tenzin. They want Tenzin to be tired and sad all the time. And I love it. I love Tenzin so much. I'm here for it too. Oh my god, he's just so tired. It's it's like when you just, when you compare him to Aang and Aang's temperament and his personality and stuff, it's just, it's so funny to me. Yeah. uh, Uh, Aang is caffeine. Tenzin's melatonin. Uh Uh-huh. In the so, in the best way. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Tenzin. So the phone rings, and yeah, and Milo's the one who answers it. Hello, do you what know how this? early it is? <laughs> and he just crawls over Tenzin. Oh my god, uh. it's so cute. <laughs> Poor Tenzin. Then Tenzin tiredly tiredly picks up the phone. You know, he only got like two hours of sleep last night. Oh yeah. So yeah. Turns out he's being called over to the council room because it was clearly ransacked following the events of what went down between Cora and Tarlock the night before. And Tarlock is lying about how about what happened and how Cora was supposedly captured by the equalists and stuff. And yeah, I got electrocuted by the equalists and stuff, and they showed up and kidnapped Cora, and I don't know where she is, and that's how all this debris happened. And yeah, is everyone dumb? Right? I'm like, did whatever, no one questioned Tarlock and just the potential ulterior motives he could have 
about any not, of this. Like not only that, but oh, they they just took Cora and they didn't take right. me, a council member, and they right. knew where she was. And it doesn't like when you consider the fact that he's also like, yeah, Cora came to talk to me about something, and then all of a sudden the equalist attacked, or everything changed when the equalist attacked. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like they just happened to show up when you two were confronting each other. Like, come on. Uh, um, yeah, I guess good thing Lynn wasn't there at this point in time. I don't know if she inherited Toph's uh, lie detection skills, but yeah, I'm guessing not. I mean, but- at, even if she doesn't have Toph's actual light detector skills, she can at least smell bullshit. Yeah. I just feel like several people in that room should be able to detect some level of bullshit. Come on. Tencent, Tencent kind of did, but I think he kept it to himself. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, then we cut to Lynn, who wakes up from uh, being having been injured in two episodes ago. Uh, and uh, she goes to put on her, uh, yeah, I love her. She goes to put on her police gear, uh, but not. And it's all dash. made of metal, like, so she just metal yeah, bends it to her body. Oh yeah, I wish I could do that. Oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome. She's a badass. Uh huh. I'm making all my clothes metal if I were a metal bender, so I wouldn't have to like try. Uh, yeah. So she's basically Batman now, and uh, wants to go rescue the rest of her squad who uh, got apprehended by the equalists like back in the in the winter is episode mm-hmm. so uh yeah lynn uh, tenzin meets up with lynn and they wrongly believe that cora has been captured by the equalists so then the two go to bail out the rest of her friends to come help find cora and specifically more of the more of lynn's police squad mm-hmm. so uh I didn't really take any notes when they were bailing them out. Yeah, they um, got bailed well, out. Yeah, Bolin's peeing in the corner, and um, and and, and um, he can't pee if someone's if 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 someone's watching him, and it is supposed to be funny. Yeah, it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I just kept on thinking, but him and Mako are are brothers that used to live on the street, and he can't pee <laughs> yeah. in public. But but that's. But but that's me going way down rabbit holes again, um, but 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 yeah, Bolin is trying uh, to pee rabbit, in the corner. No, rabbit holes that the writers maybe should have gone down with Mako and Bolin, but didn't. Yeah, really. maybe maybe give them a more brotherly re- relationship other than just fighting over a girl. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah. So um. So um. Bolin is peeing in the corner. Mako's Mako's there looking the other way in this very spacious cell. Um, yeah, it was nice, a- right? <laughs> yet again, they there's something about this show where they keep on drawing all of these places too big. Yeah, I, I feel that too. It's like we think about the streets and um, Republic City and stuff and how there's like nobody on it. And I feel like we just made it more compact. I feel like you can still illustrate the scale of the place while also having the luxury of adding more stuff to make it, it feel like a uh, plus, a lived-in place. Plus, it would feel more cramped and it would feel more 
more um, more stressed and just like claustrophobic. And it's, it's, especially when you're in all of these like high stress situations when, when you have tighter areas, uh, it just lends itself to things feeling more stressful. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they break everyone out. Um, um, they tell them that um, um, Amon captured Korra. Um, um, so uh, so the crew um, is going to basically try to like find find Amon's hideout and fight Amon to get Korra back. Yeah. Um, but Korra's <laughs> or at not least there. The, they're trying to find the hideout that Tarlo- that uh, Tarlock tipped them off to as a potential yeah. place where Korra could have gone. So. Yeah, so um so um Korra isn't there. Korra Korra it Korra's in a platinum box meditating. So yeah. um um the first scene we see is um is of um um uh, Toph Toph and Aang talking about um uh, about um trying to apprehend Yakone who is a gangster basically like he he he's like that old fashioned Italian mobster eating eating um spaghetti in a restaurant um, that is that is a hundred percent the vibe that they are trying to give him mm-hmm. um well, oh, the more pressing questions though what do you think of uh Aang's the, neck beard oh that's that is that is fine um I do not like the voice actors yeah yeah toff toff doesn't sound like toff. Aang sounds fine, but Toph does not sound like she just doesn't sound like Toph. Like I guess it's fine. Like I mean, it's hard to. I mean, people's voices change as they get older and stuff. But like, yeah, but there. Uh, I I am I am very sorry, grown up Toph voice actor, but there's but there was just something in just tone or cadence that yeah. wasn't tough enough for me um example but go for it um example if they had a a, a lens voice actor do tough i think that she could have done it really well just because the way that the way that lynn talks and and just her cadence and like kind of her like gruffness i think would 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 have lended itself well to this Mm mm-hmm but that's he being be, be being picky. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Like I feel like they could have gotten the original voice cast who are all that too. At this point, I mean, I know, I know the uh, Zach. I'm I'm trying. I'm blanking on Eng's voice actor. I think it's like Zach Tyler. It's Zachary something. But I know, I know he stopped acting after this. But I'm pretty sure. Jack DeSena was still around and who voiced Sokka and um, Jesse Flowers who voiced Toph. They could have gotten them. But whatever. So uh, it's fine. Toph calls Aang's Twinkle Toes fan service. Cute. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, I'm 40. Stop calling me that, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, when they... <laughs> I, I like Tenzin's line when um Lynn and the gang meets up with Tenzin. She's like, 
Oh, it's like, you should be in the hospital. What are you doing here? <laughs> you should be in prison. <laughs> oh, that's so also, uh, yeah. So, I mean, shocker, they using Lynn's awesome top vibration skills, they determine that there is like a secret bunker that's like underground, which villains really need to start figuring out new hideout locations because underground lo- locales are getting pretty uh, common <laughs> these days. Like, I mean, I mean, they're awesome. Yeah, they're cool. But I mean, if I were a cop nowadays, I'd be like, let's check underground first. <laughs> what are all the tunnels <laughs> in also, the city? <laughs> also, um, uh, when Bolin basically leads them to the to almost the place that he went to when he was initially um, kidnapped in like episode three or four, which which was was very good at bringing that plot back. I mm-hmm. liked that. Yeah. Um, um, they get to the uh, the basically underground bunker again. Great. And it's so obvious that people go down there because like as because as Lynn said, there are a bunch of motorcycle tracks that go straight through the grate. Mm-hmm. And and there are so many earthbenders that can just metal bend the grate up. And if and if none of them are benders, I bet that you could just lift it up. Yeah. So anyway. At least there wasn't more um, Amon flags that would be <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They weren't like front and center this time around. <laughs> Give them that. Thank God. Oh my God. So, yeah, they go down into the underground lo- locales. And, uh, oh, Asami is concerned about how Mako is being super concerned about Korra. So, we got to bring it's back like, the love triangle for a minute. It's like, calm. Like, what? First. Asami, calm down. She's 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 been kidnapped yeah, by a terrorist. Like, right. <laughs> like <laughs> you were fine last episode, but now you decided that because Mako it it just doesn't make sense to me compared to last episode. I know. It yet again, they are just using Asami so that we want Korra and Mako to be together, but like Mako's garbage. I don't. <laughs> Mako acts like more garbage this episode. I will talk about it. I I am just so disappointed in just what Mako could have been. He he just could have been my dumb Fire Nation boy, but he's not. <laughs> yep. And it just it just doesn't make sense to me that like she would care about that so much <laughs> that Asami yeah. would. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, and it's just annoying because again, I don't care. I don't care about this love triangle nonsense. Yeah, because she she asked Bolin if Mako like like likes her, and Bolin says that well, yeah, Mako and Cora did kiss in the episode that shall not be named. Yeah, and you well, know when he was dating her. Which I yeah. thought, I thought that that was going to be the thing that uh, that like Asami's like, hey, you cheated, on, you cheated on me with Korra, and you didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. But but that doesn't happen. Which, uh, I guess. Well, 
I mean, so it's, whatever. I don't. I don't it's care. fine because Cora's our main character. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but that's okay. Katalin's still doing cool things. Hostile, yeah. basically. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, um. Uh. Bolin. Bolin says that he's that he's like over it. That he's that 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 that, that he's fine. That Cora doesn't like him. And then um 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 Asami's like I doubt it, <laughs> which rude. Yeah, dang. <laughs> so, yeah. Then um they find like these cool looking train tram cart thingies. That the yeah, they are kind of like mine carts. Yeah, yeah. So they're pretty cool. And yeah. And- I- um, they uh, 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 they they use them to go down a tunnel to the jail because they because they they overhear someone someone um talking about the jail. Um, um, they beat up two of two of the guards and then um um yet again, Lynn Lynn, Lynn uses her 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 like echo lo- her echolocation toff style to try to find her team um which um un- which fortunately she finds her team unfortunately they are they are trapped behind metal jail bars and she knows that that they have all had their bending taken away mm-hmm. which i thought this part was really smart it it it, it was just really well done yeah. So they bail out the the rest of her squad, but uh, while Mako's trying to interrogate, threaten one- a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they realize that Tarlock set them up and was lying the whole time about what happened to Cora. And uh, just at that given point in time, the equals come and ambush them, and so they have to make a break for it. And uh, so they take off on the tram things and after some fighting through a 3d out. tunnel <laughs> yeah <laughs> through a very 3d tunnel <laughs> uh yeah. yeah so they escape so whatever well i feel like uh, yeah. when they escape though um i i like how um how um we are given a split second of hey look at all of these really cool like steampunk boys we're not fighting them we're just going straight up Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically i it's um yeah it didn't I, I seem like, like there was a lot of stakes and it seemed really kind easy of unnecess- yeah it seemed really easy to the point where it seemed unnecessary where it's like okay yay we got out the squad and oh no tarlock was lying like did we need all this like we could have condensed all this into one people being smart and maybe being like I don't know, Tarlock, like, there's a lot of uh, red flags about him. Like, should we, we should take it with a grain of salt and maybe go with the knowledge I mean, that they don't trust Tarlock I don't, necessarily. And- I, I don't think anyone but Lynn had to be there. I think that yeah. I would have enjoyed this a lot more if just Tenzin talked to Lynn. Lynn did this whole thing and and then after they realized that it was Tarlock, then they broke Cora's friends out of jail. Yeah, like, 
it would have been more interesting to have like Lynn, aka Batman at this point, be the super sleuth who's like in the room when Tarlock's explaining what happened. She's investigating the scene and it's just like stuff doesn't add up necessarily, maybe like Yeah. That's like the way the debris is laid out, or like the wall being busted out in, in a certain way that indicates maybe it wasn't just like equalist activity and stuff and like Tarla and she could use her lie detection powers if she has them. And yes. Oh, especially even then you on top of that, you can th- if they fleshed out Mako and Bolin more, let's say uh because they live on the streets, they're also very intuitive about people. So like they can pick out details as to like Hmm, I think this person is lying because X, Y, Z, or why does he look so beat up in a way that would indicate maybe it was not electrocution that did him in, aka equalist, and maybe some of that was inflicted by somebody else who had some bending yeah. prowess or something, you know? Or maybe they talk to, to some, like, street kids that always hang out across the street, and then they're like, yeah, like, um... Like, um, we didn't see any equalists coming. Yeah. You know? know? Yeah, I just, I felt like we didn't need this whole scene where they believe, everybody believes Tarlock and then goes on this side mission for a minute and then it's, like, super easy to get in and out of there, even if they, even though they technically get ambushed without really any consequence. (laughs) Yeah, I... And um, this partially might be because just, like, the teenagers didn't do anything really when really when they were going through this whole thing um except bolin did actually close down close down the tunnel using his earth bending and then um and then um lin um lin um shot all of her all of her gang up up um to the surface which was great um but but i think that we could have okay if they want to do the whole like romance thing, put all three of them in the same jail cell and 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 just have that be be something that we like switch back to while just Tenzin and Lin are going on this buddy cop detective adventure trying to figure out where where um where um Cora is. I just think that they could have done it in a more interesting way mm-hmm. yeah so i just i feel like that whole segment was not needed which is upsetting because again this is a mini series you only have a limited if we assume that this was a mini series at the time yeah you have a limited amount of time and a lot of said time could have went towards fleshing out important things like i don't know the whole non-bender stuff just yeah. in general or yeah, or Sokka. Or, or, yeah, or Sokka. <laughs> or if you're going to make Mako one of your protagonists, like, you know, maybe make him interesting. Maybe. Instead of focusing you, on love triangle. You gave them such, such a standard good bad boy backstory. Yeah. Us Avatar fans. They're are orphans. Eating this, eating this shit up. What happened? He has his... <laughs> He, he like has his, his um his um his some um, dead parents scarf and he couldn't save his, his yeah. parents from a firebender just like Batman. Uh-huh. Come on, come on, man, blew it. So 
anyway, whatever. They realized they were set up and that they need to go confront Charlock again. Um, so then we cut to flashback number two. Cora's still meditating on what all of her visions mean. So uh, in flashback number two, we learn that Yacon is, as you said, a criminal leader, or he's a leader in the criminal underground. And mm, the Spaghetti he, eating mobster. Yeah, basically. And the reason why he's been able to rule over it so well is because he's a bloodbender and he's a bloodbender who can use that power at pretty much any given time. Yep. Don't really know how, but you can. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. Uh, which, um, which I'm basically, um, that is what the council says. So, um, so, um, they are, so they arrest him and they basically put him on, put him on trial. Um, um, so when they put him on on trial, the the defense attorneys basically like, um, uh, you are saying that my client blood bends every time except during a full moon. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but basically, the council, which includes Sokka, thank mm-hmm. you. Sokka's Yay. here. Sokka's great. Uh, um, I actually don't mind Sokka's voice actor for this. Sokka's voice actor was actually good. It mm-hmm. it it isn't the tone. It is something about the cadence. Yeah, it just works. Mm-hmm. Um, like I believe it's Sokka. Yeah. So um, so um, the council, including Sokka, rules that while um while we might not think that bloodbending not during a full moon is possible is impossible uh, uh uh all of all of the facts line up to this and Sokka also mentions that that once he saw a man that could fire bend with his mind no 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 no, no. that's not how he said it. he said fire i once bending. bested a man my Ooh. trusty boomerang against the yes 100% <laughs> yeah <laughs> Great flex, Sokka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta just subtly insert that flex in there. Know, which is the way he says it, too. It's just, it works. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, very Sokka of him. But, yeah, yeah it, it is revealed that, like, bloodbending is also illegal. So, they maybe Makes sense. Yeah, I, I believe that. That Let's- would probably be the first thing K- K- Katara does. It's just, yeah, no. Yeah. Illegal. Also, just hearing Councilman Sokka sounds so <laughs> weird to me. <laughs> Got a weird ring to it, but I'm here for it. Oh, no. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> that just uh, makes perfect sense to me. Of of, of course, he is, he is on the council. And I'm sure that he was a big part of city planning. Yeah, totally. No, I totally understand that. It's just hearing the words Councilman Sokka is so weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but... Um, also, where I'm kind of surprised Katara didn't at least show up to, like, testify about, as, like, one of the original bloodbenders of a sort, like, you think they'd bring in Katara to bring in, like, her expertise on all this and, like, how mm-hmm. the possibility of bending outside of a full moon could work? Which um, which I'm um, talking about talking about Katara. Um, I I did really enjoy Katara's voice actor too. Mm-hmm. So I think I I'm just having a problem with Toph's voice actor. Um, That's fair. Yeah, but um, 
But um, yeah, it might have been just a like travel time issue. I mean, um, uh, uh, during this time, as we see later, they don't have automobiles yet. Um, so um, so um, they so they might not have commuter ships. Uh, uh, that are that are very large or just very well established to 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 take her back and forth between. Also, it seems like Katara and Sokka, which um I have not read the comics about this, so this is so this is just me supposing, but um but um their but but their dad was the chief of of the southern water tribe and both of them are great leaders and and just heroes so it might be that they end up switching off but also katara is married to ang why isn't she there shrug i don't know they like they didn't want everyone there or maybe they didn't want to have the question of um um, this like random ran this random bloodbender guy is better than Katara at bloodbending. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, I I just miss Katara. It's maybe too. Yeah, <laughs> so- I miss I I I I just miss the gang. I get right? so excited when 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 like Lynn does like tough things. Hmm. Yeah, I really miss the gang. So, yeah, so, so Yakon is sentenced to life in prison and then proceeds to just start bloodbending everybody in the room. Which, this is a lot. Yeah, it is. Without so, really any explanation as to how he's able to do this. When, how he got that good? Yeah, especially because, I mean, the only other bloodbenders we've seen prior to Korra, obviously, is... um. Katara and Hama and like they were not using bloodbending on this huge ass level if it like if this were possible I, I mean you'd think or if Hama were able to do that you'd think that she'd use it all the time to just like kidnap 20 people at the same time you no. know um, <laughs> during the fight with during the fight with Hama Hama could only focus to 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 bloodbend one one person at a time. No, oh. well, okay, no, there she did move like two people at a time. Like when mm. she had Aang and Sokka like hurling. Oh, fighting her. each other. Yeah. Which um they were kind of floaty. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They were floaty, so that's fine. Yeah. But um but he bloodbended what? 80 people? <laughs> In this room yeah. at the same time. Uh-huh. Also, it seems like it seems like he's doing something to to basically their blood brain barrier to make them pass out. <laughs> yeah. It it seems like he is like stopping the blood flow to their brains for for a few seconds to, to just knock them out or something because because he causes so many people to 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 just fall to just fall unconscious. Uh huh. Yeah, just <laughs> didn't look fun for anybody in that room. So yeah, then we cut back to Tenzin and the gang confronting Tarlock and 
Uh, Tarlock's assistant actually rats him out, which yep. I was kind of surprised. But I guess just because he's a good person. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So he rats him out because uh, he tells everybody that well, Tarlock and Cora were the only ones in the room, and I mean, uh, and he knew that he was a bloodbender prior to this, I guess, unless he was just spying um. open. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know whether she knew before or not, but but um uh, but um Tarlock does does call her a squeaky voiced liar. Yeah. Which is pretty pointed. <laughs> yeah, damn. So Yeah. So um basically basically she's she's she says that she that she didn't tell people earlier because she was afraid because he's a bloodbender and then there's the big the big reveal to everyone else and he just bloodbends everyone there and just and 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 just knocks them out yeah so if you didn't figure out that uh he's related to yakone yet (laughs) here you go so um Yeah. yeah it is a bit refreshing that lynn's replacement does not side with Tarlock after this because usually when it comes to really poor writing, Lens I'm evil. Be like, oh no, I side with Tarlock even though it's pretty clear that he's not a good dude. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh, yep. So that's the end of that, and then we go back to um, Cora's visions, and uh, Yakon forces Toph to give him the keys and makes a break for it. Aang enters the Avatar state and is able to cut off Yakon like badass. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they really do manage to make right, like the name look creepy AF. In the, in oh, the yeah, totally. So, um, so, um, so, um, when Yakon starts running, uh, well, um, um, when he, when, when he starts carting away, and after, and after Aang, um, Aang, um, Kadich is up to him again. Um, he, he's like twisting all of his limbs mm-hmm. and, and, and he's basically trying to snap Aang's neck. Yeah. Didn't look fun. No. So, uh, yeah, but then Aang overcomes it and then uses his lion turtle powers to take away his bending. Yep. Yep. So, uh, which, um, which um, I, which I do not remember. Did Tenzin say that, um, Aang was the only one who knew how to take away people's bending or was so. this a, or just was this a reveal that no one cared about? Because we saw it before. <laughs> Good question. Like I, I feel like I remember. I feel like I remember Tenzin saying something like that. Like, Hank's supposedly the only one who knows how to do that. So how does Amon know how to do it too? Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he got a phone call from a lion turtle one day, <laughs> <laughs> right? So the evil lion turtle, the turtle lion, <laughs> the, the turtle lion, lion turtle's evil twin, the turtle lion. <laughs> This yeah. is a hundred percent canon. If it isn't, I will be so sad. I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah. So um. So um. So back. So back to the crew. 
Lynn slaps Tenzin awake. Yeah. Love it. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Bolin gets up. He, it, he, is, he is in denial. Wow, guys, I had such a weird dream. Yeah. I had a dream you know. we got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, Bolin, so that really happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, then we... Which, um, which I'm talking about that. So, um, Tarlock's lie was, was that he was electrocuted and then just like came to right when the police got there. How long do these, do, do these electrocution knockouts last? It seems like it's only a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? I know. Like everyone gets electrocuted like it's nothing in this show. All the time. This is... Right? This like, is just like Aang's massive amounts of just head injuries. <laughs> yeah. And Korra's, to be honest. It's just like, next time we, uh, if we, for whatever reason, watch both shows again, maybe just for kicks, like in our own spare time, we should just like well, tally. No, guys, we are going to do a second Avatar podcast. Yeah, we're going to do it We're going to go through the episodes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next time we do this all over again we're gonna keep a tally of how many times the avatar goes unconscious which is no, um, not yeah but um i will definitely do another rewatch and this time i oh, yeah. need i need to count how many times that <laughs> happens <laughs> yeah because it's wild uh, um yeah so we go back to cora exiting her visions realizes that Tarlock is Yakone's son. Uh, Tarlock enters the scene and he's like, yes, I was his son or whatever. But it's, uh, he sounds very uh, bitter about it. Like he denounced him despite becoming as corrupt as he was. So something went down between him and his dad. Yeah. Um, well, um, Tarlock would have had to separate himself greatly from his from from his dad to be able to run and win political oh, office. Yeah, and he's like, I was to be the city's savior. Like so, yeah. Um, um. He, he says that his dad, uh, that his that his father Yakone tried to tried uh, to 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 rule from the city's underbelly, but. It, but like Tarlock basically tried to rule from the top. Yeah, basically. So yeah, Tarlock's upset about all this. He's basically on the run at this point. He's pretty much lost his position, all of his power, and how he thought he was gonna be the savior and stuff. It's not working out. And no. yep, and to everybody's surprise, uh the Eagleist in Amon shows up at this remote cabin in the woods. Which is amazing. Which I forgot all about that. Yeah, this yeah, is this is when oh, the yeah, episode got good. Every time a yeah, okay. shows up, the stakes are so high. This is this is this is the kind of show that I am invested in. I am afraid for Cora. Uh huh. So it's yeah, not a threat. <laughs> no. Uh yeah. So Tarlock was a threat for the past couple episodes, but now that Amon's back on the scene, um, not so much. Although I, I have to wonder, how did the Equalists find them or find out where they were they, at? They must have been 
they must have been trailing Tarlock. I guess so. Yeah, so, but but why? I, well, I, I always had that theory that that uh, um Tarlock and Amon were 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 just working together. Um they're not based on this episode. But that would have been a really interesting twist. Mhm. Yeah. So they show up it's it's surprising to everybody and uh so okay so Tarlock starts bloodbending them. And Amon is somehow able to resist it. Amon's the best. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, damn. And uh Okay. Amon has has sheer will and perseverance. Yeah. The power of perseverance compelled him. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so he's able to resist Tarlock's bloodbending, which is equally shocking, and then proceeds to just take away Tarlock's bending. All together. Like, damn. It all happened so fast. It's just like, shoot. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> it's like, wow. Basically got ambushed and Tarlock is no longer a threat at this point. Yeah. Here comes Amon. Yeah, all of because of Amon's, like, Undertale level of uh, of just pure determination. Yeah. <laughs> he spells with determination. Not determination. Determination. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Cora overhears the equalists all talking about how they're gonna like electrocute her. Which oh, again, that's um, nothing on this show. You'll be, oh, you'll just wake up in two minutes, but, right? But um, but um, this is this is where we get one of like the best lines of this episode. Uh, 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 after Amon basically perseveres, determined out. Outside of Tarlock's bloodbending, Tarlock's like, "What are you?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amon is, "I am the solution." <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> it's so extra. Everything Amon says is so much. So extra. <laughs> I love, love it. it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it sounds like something that God would say, or like, like in like the story of Moses and stuff. It's like, oh, when Moses confronts the burning bush. Spoiler alert: It's, it's God. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Who are you?" And God's like, "I am that I am." <laughs> yeah, Amon. Like, yeah, Amon. Well, first, um, Amon's actually pretty cool. Um, I am sure later on we are we are going to learn a lot more about all of uh, about all of the terrible atrocities he has he has done. And then I am I am I am going to be quite embarrassed. But all of his villain stuff is so extra Bondian, blowing up the moon, but in a cool way. Yeah, he is, he's just right on the line of. Wow, that's a lot. He is like trying too hard, and wow, he's so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm also waiting for him to 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 basically turn out to be just as just as bad as the old Fire Nation. So yeah, so yep. So then the Equalists are gonna go recapture Korra, and 
Cora overhears this. So Cora actually has a smart moment and uh, uses like the one non-metallic portion of the box, which is like the top of it, I guess. And hangs onto that while they're like, well, um, uh, um, she she actually wraps one of her like arm what one of her arm griefs around it so yeah. that so 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 oh, right, so right. that she's insulated mm-hmm. from from the electric electric electricity and during that Amon is like make sure to be careful don't let her out she's tricky mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so. Uh, yeah, then they open the box, which couldn't they have just carried out the box? What? Yeah, I. There were enough of them that they could have definitely just box. brought the platinum <laughs> box because they were just gonna bring her to another truck. Yeah. Maybe okay. Maybe the platinum box wasn't wasn't small enough to fit in the truck, but they didn't try. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I, I think I think that that was a big oversight. Um, just okay. This is like tin. This is me tinfoil hatting. Um, is Amon trying to win, or is he just trying to be cool? Because everyone that works for him seems really really competent and good and then makes really simple mistakes that like just allows Cora to get away every single time yeah well I mean the last time they encountered each other I mean that was really Amon who was just like well I can't kidnap you yet or I can't kill you yet because that would just make you a martyr to the cause and everything and that I mean, was yeah. not the time you know that makes sense not killing her but also, if he just kidnapped her, that's what he's doing now. Was he just trying? Was he just trying to wait un- until after he got enough support? Because um, uh, um, when they did like the pro bending tournament too, they just left everyone there. Basically, I mean they they like. They could have easily captured Korra before all of that fighting happened, but they didn't. Yeah. And then okay. something else was that was was that when they went in when when they went to to Saito's underground Bioshock bunker, um, they just totally left them over there while they just talked about maniacal bad guy stuff looking away so so that mako and mako and bolin could could like just like re re um recapture and save all of their friends it i i don't know Maybe it's because they're trying to have all of these big fights, but they're just trying to orchestrate a way out. And maybe I am just seeing those, those, um, those, those on ways out as not being great. But I don't know. There's something weird going on, and I don't know if it's the writing or if there's some like tricky stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tricky. <laughs> 
So yeah, but Cora has a cool looking escape breakout. Oh, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's um, pretty cool. Yeah, they open the door and 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 um basically she just shoots out like a ball of fire. She is a volcano coming coming out of that box. And um and um she she runs out of the cabin, sees Amon, and just keeps on running. Amon is chasing after her. She 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 throws all of these all of these ice daggers basically to to just buy time and and, and just keep him away from from her and then she skates down the mountain. Yeah. And it's awesome and it's what she should have done. Uh-huh. Until she crashes. Yeah, it's awesome until she crashes into a tree and then is knocked unconscious. <laughs> yeah. But um but earlier, remember when when um, um Bol when Bo Bolin and and Maka were were talking about how um uh, um how uh they should just use uh, use Naga to just track Korra and and how um yeah, they and how they couldn't find her. Well, uh-huh. she's a very good girl. Hey. And she has been tracking Cora this entire time to try to come save Aww. her. That's so sweet. So Naga to the rescue. And Naga's able to save Cora from freezing to death. And uh yeah, and I take a shot because <laughs> Kenji's knocked out. So Yep. Mm-hmm. And so then Naga and Cora return back to the rest of the gang. Mako carries Cora and his muscular arms, much to Asami's slight. Yeah. Um, one, weird. Two, Tenzin's there. Let Tenzin help. <laughs> What's this, Mako? Yeah, so... Don't... And then he touches her face. Stop it. <laughs> we don't like now. you here. You're safe now. I... <sighs> You're not safe from the pirates. <laughs> Hate it. Oh my god. Yeah. I just I just wrote Tencent's her dad. Uh stop it. <laughs> yeah, and that's how the episode ends. I thought that was kind of a weird ending, but whatever. I don't know. They just really want me to to want Cora and Mako to be together and it's not working. Oh. Yeah. So overall, yeah, this episode was okay. It was fine. I mean, yeah, fine. I like. Uh, I particularly liked the end stuff with Amon, Tarlock, and Korra. Uh, the visions were interesting, but we don't really have the full full story yet, other than the connection of Tarlock being related to um, Yakon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, but I I thought the whole subplot with. Len Tenzin and the gang all believing Tarlock's lie was kind of a waste of time, especially with how there was no consequences to being ambushed and, and, and stuff and being tricked and all that jazz. So it was like really was the point. Uh, yeah, it just ate up time that that we could have spent doing other things. Um I don't I yeah. I don't like all of 
all all just the forced romance stuff here. I just don't care. I, I... No, yeah. And listener, Still you know, care. you know from previous things that I love the romance. <laughs> I just don't like mm-hmm. this romance. Yeah. Gosh, it is so frustrating. Uh, yeah, but you know, overall this episode was okay. It's just it's hard because ex- when extremes mate was such a good episode, and it sucks now that we're back down to the standard Cora season one quality. I guess or it's not. It's not bad. It's just it's not great either. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's just it's weird that it's. It's weird that they had a short story planned, 12, 12 episodes planned, and these are the things that they focus on. Mm-hmm. Because, but. because we've seen really, really good things from them over and over and and over again. And it just maybe it maybe it just got off to a to a weird start because um with avatar we we basically had the the like entirety of season one to come to know and love most of our main characters Mm -hmm. and here we we don't have that so 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 there might just be like there might be background that the writers had in mind that they had to cut yeah so, yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see how it ends, how book one ends. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely in. We are definitely in the end game. Yep, we are in the home stretch. Three or more episodes of book one to go. So join us next time when hopefully the show turns the tides in book one, chapter ten, turning the tides. Ooh. Yeah, see what I did there? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I'm very happy. <laughs> Yep. So until then, stay blaming.